0: Well, good morning, church family, and happy Mother's Day. We, um, for the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series of messages we've been calling Man Up, and uh, we've been asking the question, what is God's plan for men, and what is, what is God's uh, enablement for men to be the men that God has called us to be? And so we've been in that series for the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, we're going to pause that series This day, on on Mother's Day, we're going to continue next Sunday because we've got a very special treat for you uh, today. Uh, We have the Barrick family with us all the way from Lynchburg, Virginia. We have uh, Andy and his wife Linda and Jen Barrick here to share. They ministered to a full house of women yesterday just sharing a message of triumph, of God's faithfulness over tragedy and we're just so excited to have them to be able to share with us this morning and I believe that you are going to be uh, very very blessed through the ministry of their word of the word of God and they lead a they lead a ministry called Hope Out Loud and they minister nationally and internationally uh, all over the world, their influence is seen uh, by God's grace. So we're excited. It's a privilege for us uh, to have them as we as we celebrate God's faithfulness to moms and to the ladies of our church family. We're really glad uh, for the barracks being here today. We're gonna uh, we're gonna show an intro video just to kind of get you caught up on their story. But I would love for you to go ahead and give them a warm who's your welcome this morning. One juvenile, female, unresponsive, uh, two adult females, major injuries the All of a sudden, I remember Dad saying, watch out.
1: The next thing I remember, I'm waking up and my face is completely smashed up against the windshield.
2: I was in a state of shock because I
0: was dying in the vehicle. I looked to my left and I remember Jen laying limp in
3: her seat. The day began celebrating Josh's baseball tournament win and Jen's first choir concert. In a split second on the drive home, it would become their worst day. The accident happened on this stretch of road less than a mile from the barracks' home. The family was told the driver was going nearly 80 miles an hour at the time, and no one remembers what happened next. The entire family sustained life-threatening injuries and were rushed to four different hospitals. Jen wasn't expected to make it through the night. Jennifer had a traumatic brain injury, and it was a global injury all through her brain. In the days, weeks, and months when the barracks couldn't care for themselves, family and friends pitched in, using the power of prayer, they say, to cope hold on to hope and deal with the anger. Doctors didn't expect Jen to recover at all. She was in a coma for five weeks and her mom says the times she did respond were not encouraging. We'd see half an eye for a little bit. It wasn't like she just woke up and could talk to us. When Jen finally emerged from the coma, loved ones say she was singing gospel songs and reciting prayers as clear as she had before the accident. Thank you for everything you're
4: doing. I just have to constantly be reminding myself that his plan is perfect and that he can and that I believe he will heal me in the right timing. I mean, it might not be for another year,
3: or it might even
4: be longer, or it could happen today. That's right. I just, um, my faith is in the Lord.
2: When you survive something like that, you know um, that God has a different plan.
1: She would circle around the kitchen, and she would say over and over again, "I'm going to have a ministry to the world."
0: Out of our story came our ministry, and we've been able to, you know, go and minister to many different people and have opportunities that if our wreck wouldn't have happened that we wouldn't have had the chance to be able to do. God um, empowers
2: Jen to get on stage and speak now and that's not how she was. She has a whole new personality. She has a whole new purpose in life and it wasn't how she was prior to the accident.
4: God just gives me such a great peace and he truly just helps me know that Jen, you aren't alone. And that I've opened up these doors of ministry for you, and I will provide.
2: He wants us to love people, love others, and love Him. Well, good morning, church. Pastor Scott, thank you for having us here. It's great to be with you. Um, We are just an ordinary family. I wish our son Josh was with us. He actually is in seminary now, and he travels with us when he can. But uh, this weekend, he had a graduation, and uh, but we're from Lynchburg, Virginia. We're just an ordinary family, um, and the reason we go and share our story is because it's an act of obedience to our Lord and Savior. Somehow, God reached down that night and He saved us. I don't know how it happened. We should have died instantly. The impact was 125 miles per hour. The gentleman ran right over top of our family van. He was running from the police with his lights off. I didn't even see him. But God left us here. And we believe it's to go and share the hope found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know that each one of you today, you walked into this sanctuary with something going on in your life. And our prayer this morning is that you would feel a loving Savior and a loving God wrap His arms around you. And that He'd whisper hope to your heart. So I'm going to open us up in prayer and then Linda and Jen are going to interact and then I'll come back. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus We love you. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for all you've done on our behalf. And God, this morning, I pray that you would whisper hope to each heart here this morning. God, that they'd feel your love, that they'd feel your mercy, your grace. And God, I pray that we would not leave this morning the same way we walked in that we'd be different. God, I pray you'd overtake our mouths and that you would speak to each heart what that heart needs to hear. We love you. We surrender our lives to you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.
1: Well, we are so excited to be here, and God keeps healing Jen. It's been um, 13 years since our car wreck, so she was 15 when it happened. And um, God keeps healing her memory. Her short-term memory comes and goes a little bit, so you'll see. I'll give her cues, and we never know what she's going to say for sure. But she just has contagious joy, and she is just overflowing with joy. And she really um, she doesn't have any past regrets, and she can't always remember what she did Uh, Last weekend or or a few days ago, if you say Jen, what did you do? What do you say?
4: Oh, I had a great day
1: (laughs) She'll say I had a great day and she has no fear of the future and she just trusts God for the moment for today And she believes that her heavenly daddy is good and I love how Jen calls God daddy And even if you don't have an earthly father that you can trust, you have a heavenly daddy. And he loves you so much. And Jen will say to me, Mom, why wouldn't you trust him? Isn't he the creator of the universe? Well, of course he's healing me. And he is. He is. And I just want to, we just want to encourage you today and give you hope. Um, I was just thinking about this, Jen, how often people will say, Jen, how can we pray for you? And she'll be, oh, I'm great, but pray for my mom. She's a mess. (laughs) So, um, for all the moms in the room that feel like they're a mess, (laughs) um, God sees you, He hears you, and He's going to wrap His arms of love around you today. And as we had a great day with the women yesterday, Um, I just want to encourage you, whether you have children or you don't have your own children, you can have spiritual children, people that you pour your life into, that you share God's love with, and um, people are watching you. They're watching how you live your life and your love for Jesus. On the days that I really struggle, because as a mom, I do struggle, and there's times when I'm, I'm doubting
4: God or I'm wrestling with him, and what will you say to me? I tell my mom that she needs a brain injury. (laughs) I tell her that she just needs to let go and to trust God because he has it all under control.
1: She'll say, Mom, your problem is that your brain gets in the way and you think way too much. And you just need to let go and trust God. And I'm sure we can all relate to that in this room that our brain gets in the way and we think of why we can't do something or... um, But yet, we can let go and we can trust God. At the car wreck, Jen was a Glasgow scale of three and dead people are a three. And no one thought that she would live through the night. And we were scattered to four different hospitals and we didn't see each other, Um, I didn't see Andy or Jen for 16 days. And the only thing I could do was pray. And there is such power in prayer. So often we think that's the only thing, but that is the most powerful thing that we can do. Your prayers transcend time and space. And Jen was in a coma for five weeks, and um, no one thought she'd wake up. The doctor said she'll never walk or talk again, but we're here to just say that our God delights in doing miracles. And um, Andy and I were both in wheelchairs, my whole left side was crushed and uh, we're in the hospital and we're watching our beautiful 15 year old daughter, Jen is um, in this bed that is zipped up like a tent Mm -hmm. to keep her from falling on the ground. And as she started to emerge from this coma, she had no control of her arms and her legs and so she's just thrashing and she's moaning in pain. And we can't really communicate with her, Um, we can't understand her. But all of a sudden, she starts praying and talking to Jesus, and it was this uninjured voice, and we could understand her. And it was almost as if she was in God's throne room, and we were just being allowed to hear it because we needed hope. Jen didn't need hope, but she was saying, Lord, should I go or should I stay? And she's rolling around and the feeding tubes getting all wound up in her. And she's saying, Okay, Lord, I'll do it. But there aren't words to describe you. You'll have to write them down. And it was as if God was giving her a plan for her life and she was agreeing to it. And for days and weeks after that, the only time we could understand her was when she was talking to Jesus. And she would just praise him for hours. And she would say, Lord, you're so good, you're so faithful. You're beautiful. You're glorious. And um, she had so much pain. We would bring in the WOW Worship CD and she could, to kind of calm her down, and she could sing all 22 songs on that WOW Worship CD word for word. And we kept the Bible open by her head at all times. And I would say to the nurses, because um, we had to go home every night, Andy and I did, because of our injuries, and a different friend would stay with her. And I would say to the nurses, don't dare close that Bible. God's Word is alive and powerful. And one night, my cousin Heidi called me, and she's like, Linda, Jen is quoting whole chapters of the Bible. (laughs) And she said, I'm trying to trick her. I'm going to the Old Testament and the New Testament. But every verse Jen had hidden in her heart, she could say it. And the doctors would come in, and they'd say, Jen, raise your right arm. And she could not follow a verbal command. Mm -hmm. She couldn't sit up. She couldn't eat. She didn't know her name. She didn't know she had a brother, but she knew Jesus, and he was enough. And it has taken me years to put this into words, but we saw two sides to Jen, her mind and her body that was so broken, and yet the Holy Spirit was alive and perfect inside of her. And I just want to encourage you today, because so often the enemy will lie to us and say, you're too broken for God to use you. It doesn't matter how much of a mess we are or how broken or, or the poor choices we've made. Because the moment you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Um, Ephesians tells us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit. And God can enable you to do things you never thought you could do. And it doesn't matter how broken we are because his spirit is perfect and whole inside of us. Mm -hmm. And there is one story that changed my life forever in the hospital. And I promised God I would always tell it if he gave me a chance. Um... It was Christmas time and Jen was still at the UVA hospital and I'm still in my wheelchair and Jen couldn't even stand up yet. And so this lift put her in the wheelchair and my friend Pam was with us and she's on the ground and she's rubbing Jen's feet and Jen still doesn't have control of her legs. So she's kicking Pam and um, she's just thrashing in this wheelchair. And it's Christmas. So I said, well, let's sing Silent Night. And so Jen starts singing Silent Night. And she stops kicking and thrashing, and at the end, she's just glowing. And she's looking up at the left, and she just goes, amen. And I looked at her, and I said, Jen, do you see Jesus? And she said, yes. Don't you see him? He is standing right beside me. And you know, I think I cried all day. That moment in time changed my life forever, how I viewed God. And Jen has never been bitter or fearful. She's just had overflowing joy. And see, Jen was completely blind at this time. She could not look at me because of her brain injury and know that I was her mom. She had to hear my voice. And yet Jesus made himself so real to her. And tell them how
4: you like to view Jesus. I love to view Jesus as my escort. Because I love how Scripture promises that once we have invited the Lord into our heart and into our lives to be our personal Savior, how God promises to never leave us or forsake us. So I love just to visualize, you know, Jesus being my escort, uh, holding my hand, carrying me on the hard days. The same for you guys. You know, if you have invited the Lord into your life and into your heart, you are never alone. He's your companion, and he's by your side no matter what. Yeah. Jen wants you to
1: know that he walked in this room yes. with you today, and you are never alone. Yeah. And
4: we love the scripture, Isaiah forty-one thirteen. I think you can quote it, for yes. I. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says, do not fear, I will help you. Um, before
1: the wreck uh, Jen was a completely different personality (laughs) Um, she was quiet and uh, she had journals hidden all over her room and she was begging God for boldness and she was saying Lord I want to pray out loud like my little brother and she loved Jesus with all her heart but it was kind of hidden in all her journals and now um, she's uninhibited and she just says what uh, it's like. you see her love for Jesus out loud and um she woke up, when she woke up and was in the hospital every day, what would they ask you? They'd say, why are you here? And what would you say? I'd say, to share my testimony. She'd say, to share my testimony. They wanted her to say she was in a wreck. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, I'm here to share my testimony. And she actually didn't even know she was hurt for a couple years. Um, and she would scream in the shower. It felt like needles hitting her body. She was hypersensitive. We had to brush her with this plastic brush every two hours. And yet, because in God's grace, she had no memory, (laughs) five minutes later, um, she's turning on the praise music, just dancing around the family room saying, I'm so full of joy. (laughs) And so, Andy and I were just on this roller coaster, as you can imagine. But Jen was so full of Jesus and so full of joy. And she couldn't read. Uh, She had cortical blindness. And um, she just started reading more this past year. And she just finally read. Tell them what you read. I read my first book, and I read Miracle for Jen. Yeah, she read her story for the first time, and she cried, and she laughed. And, right. um, but Jen couldn't read, but she could write. Mm-hmm. And she started writing these journals again every day to the Lord, and she, she would just call him Daddy and say, Daddy, I know that together the two of us can change the world. And she would write that over and over. Daddy, I want, I want to change the world for you. And, you know, as I think about how this past year God allowed us to do these online Bible studies with women in 46 different countries. And we get emails almost every week from different countries of lives that have been changed because one little 15-year-old girl said, Lord, here am I, use me. When Jen would come home from the hospital, um, she would circle around the kitchen and she had this feeding tube and hanging out of her and she would try to give it to people and do say, do you want this? And she would circle around and she'd say, I'm going to have a ministry to the world. And I would say, Jen, you're crazy. I mean, you can't even find the bathroom. How are you going to have a ministry to the world? But it's amazing to see how God is giving her the dreams that he put in her heart. And I just want to ask you a question today. What if you believe that God could use you? And what if you asked him? I mean, Jen was praying this morning that God would start revival in this church. It would start in your hearts. You could go out and impact your whole community for Jesus. We had the privilege of being in New York City a few years ago. And we were speaking at the Brooklyn Tabernacle um, at a pastor's conference on prayer And we were, um, how many of you have been to New York City before? Raise your hand. So you know what it's like with all the cabs and the yellow, the cabs. (laughs) And so we're praying we'll get in the right one. And we get in this cab car and our friend (laughs) Pam Foster is with us and she and Jen are sitting in the back and I'm in the front and the cab driver does something really unusual. He hands me this old-fashioned GPS. Do you remember those big clunky kind? And he says, type in your address. (laughs) And I said, sir, we are staying at Times Square. I mean, everyone knows where that is. And he's saying, no, type in your address. So I'm trying to type it in and I'm getting really nervous and
4: um, he thinks mom can't spell so he's telling her how to write New York, (laughs) N-E-W, yeah tell me how to
1: type in New York and in the meantime somebody calls him and he's speaking in another language, he has a headset on and he's speaking in another language and I thought oh no, here it is, he's saying I'm going to bring him to the warehouse and we're going to kill him now. And I turn around and I look at Jen and she is just looking out the window and she's glowing. And I thought, oh, good. Pam and I are safe because we're with Jen (laughs) and God's not going (laughs) to let anything happen to her. And so 20 minutes down the road, the cab driver says to me, why are you here? Why are you in New York? And I said, well, sir, I said, we were in a terrible car wreck and Jen was basically dead. And um, God saved her life and she's a miracle. And we're here to speak about the power of prayer and about God that He is real. And that cab driver, while he's driving, he takes his finger and he just sticks it in my face and he said, You mean to tell me that you know God? How long were you going to wait before you told me about God? I need God, I need prayer. And I have goosebumps saying, I will never forget his words, how long were you going to wait? And he said, I'm not a cab driver. And I said, really? Uh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) He was a lab tech from Long Island. And he said, my wife, I lost my job. I've been in pain, crawling around for like a month. And this is my first day back to work. And that was my ex-wife on the phone. She left me and moved to Florida. And he was desperate for god he was desperate to know that god loved him and god saw him and he wanted jen to pray over him and yes. he wanted god to know his name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you know what a privilege it is that we know that god yes. knows our name yes. and so i'm trying to write it down and um he thinks i don't know how to spell so he grabs it from me and while he's driving he's writing down three his full name three names yes. he wanted god to know Felipe osnard. was felipe osnard something else yes. yeah. And, you know, I thought, I think about this often. Why is it that we're afraid to share Jesus with others? We're so afraid that we're going to offend somebody. And yet there are people all around you every day that need to know that God loves them. There are people around you that are desperate for God's love. And so I just want to encourage you. How many of you are alive today? Raise your hand. Okay, if you are alive, God is not done using you on this earth i believe with all my heart the moment we accepted him as lord and savior he would take us to heaven but he leaves us here because he wants us to tell people about jesus and jen what do you say to me all the time what's god gonna say to us when
4: we get to heaven i believe he's gonna ask us you know what what did you do with the story i gave you was it all about you or was it all about me you know who did you bring with you And so
1: everyone in this room has a story that we don't have. You can reach your neighbors and your friends, people that we'll never meet. And God wants to use you to share his love and to share your story with others. But I believe with all my heart, the one thing God has shown us, that if we really want God to use us, we have to learn how to forgive. And forgiveness is the number one question that people will ask Jen about, and they'll say, Jen, how did you forgive, and why?
4: Well, yes, you know, forgiveness was so hard, because the car wreck has affected my family permanently. And when I tried to forgive in my own strength, I just I couldn't do it. So it was a process of seeking the Lord's face and just asking Him for help, and for Him to show me how to forgive. And so with God's help, I was able to forgive the drunk driver. And I like to say that I was able to take the drunk driver off my hook and put him on the Lord's. And what I mean by that is I was just able to release the situation um, completely into God's hands and to hand it over to him and just um, to experience that freedom that comes from him. And what do you like to call forgiveness? I like to call forgiveness free because when we, do, when we choose to forgive, we are experiencing freedom. Yeah. About five years ago, Jennifer was diagnosed with
1: thyroid cancer yeah. because of all the CT scans on her head. And I just went as her mom to a really dark place again because I felt like she was still suffering because of the sin of someone else. And I'm sure many of you in this yeah. room can relate yeah. to that. Maybe you feel like you suffer every day because of the poor choices that someone else has made. But not Jen. When she
4: found out she had cancer, what did you say? I said, well, God's just going to expand my ministry. Not everyone uh, understands brain injury, but everyone can relate with cancer. And um, I'm going to hand out my prayer book to all my nurses and all my doctors. And so, yep, (laughs) and that's what we did. (laughs) That's what she did. She
1: handed out her prayer book to every doctor and every nurse. And then um, she said, God wants me to write Corey, the drunk driver, a letter and tell him that I forgive him. And it's so powerful. I'm going to ask Jen to read it today. Sure.
4: So, yes, I wrote The Drunk Driver. Dear Corey, my name is Jennifer Barrick. I don't know if you know who I am, but I am a girl who prays for you every day. I am asking God to heal you so that you can talk and walk again. I have a brain injury because you were drinking and driving, and I have suffered a lot too. But I like to think that God has remodeled me and has made me better. Even though I have disabilities and struggle every day, God is using me in ways I never dreamed possible for his glory. I want you to know that I have forgiven you, not in my own strength, but in God's strength. I can't explain it, but God has given me a special love for you. I will continue to pray for you daily. Today, Lord, I choose to forgive Corey, just like you forgave me. Thank you. For second chances yeah.
1: <laughs> aren't you thankful that God gives us all a second chance I just want to encourage you today if you've gone through something hard or something painful how many have gone through something hard <laughs> or something painful everyone in this room it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you He loves you so much, and he is going to walk with you and hold your hand. And he has a far greater purpose on the other side. Did you know that your pain will put you face to face with someone else who's in pain? And what if you share Jesus with them? A um, A few years after Jen had cancer, we got to go back and speak at a church right there by the UVA Cancer Center. And who did we
4: meet? We met a precious lady named Florence. She came running up to us afterwards. She was wearing a bright blue baseball cap, and she had no hair. And she shared with us that she was cancer-free, and uh, we rejoiced with her. And then it was so cool, she pulled out of her purse uh, my prayer book. It was all tattered and worn, and she said, Jen, one of the nurses uh, saved your prayer book for me, and I've been reading it every day. And um, I even prayed the salvation prayer in the back, and I think it took. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then um,
1: we found out a few months later that Florence had passed away. And my immediate negative thought was, oh, we thought that she was healed. And Jen, what did you
4: say? <laughs> she is. She is. She's dancing on streets of gold in heaven. She is. So, you know, you look at that.
1: Jennifer's earthly fact was she had thyroid cancer. We all have earthly facts that we can't necessarily change. But the heavenly reality was she had cancer at just the right time. Mm -hmm. And now Florence is in heaven for all of eternity. What if you share Jesus with someone and you help change their destiny forever? It doesn't take the pain totally away, but it gives you a purpose far greater than yourself. Far greater. Um, Jen, a few months ago, you were looking in the mirror,
4: and what were you doing? I was uh, counting my scars. I was just curious. I wanted to know how how many I had. And it was really cool, though, because when I found out the number, God just spoke to my heart, and I could hear him saying, You know, Jen, when I look at you, I don't think, oh, you're the girl with all these scars. No, when I look at you, I think that you are beautiful. You are priceless. You are worth it. Mm -hmm. You are mine. And in the same sense, I just want to encourage you guys with that. You know, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your scars or your brokenness. No, when he looks at you, he sees your potential. And he sees the amazing plans that he has in store for your life. Jen, what do we like to say? What do we call our scars? Oh, we uh, call our scars beauty marks. So, yep, we say we no longer have scars, but we have beauty marks. Yep.
1: And we were talking about scars another time, and you said,
4: oh, someone else has scars. Mm -hmm. Yep, Jesus. Jesus has his scars from dying on the cross. He kept his scars, and I believe he kept them because they shout, I love you, shout you are worth it. And that I would die on the cross all over again just to have a personal, intimate love relationship with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We love the scripture, Isaiah 53, 5, that says, By his wounds we are healed. Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, past, present, and future. Future. Mm -hmm. And we just want you to know that God loves you so much. Jen, after your brain injury, you wrote a journal about God's love, and I think you can quote it. It starts with, I know life can be confusing.
4: Yes, I I wrote, I know life can be confusing at times. It can be unfair and painful. But God loves everything about you. He created you, and he takes great delight in you. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you any more or any less than he does right now. He loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and to pay the penalty for your sins. It is as simple as realizing your need for a Savior. You know, um, God doesn't force us to love him because if he did, it wouldn't be real love. He gives us a choice. God longs for a personal, intimate love relationship with you. He wants to be your healer. Deliver, shield and defense, strong tower, and your best friend.
2: I love that journal. Jen wrote that after her brain injury. That God doesn't force us to love him, he gives us a choice. As Jen's dad, I do believe she was in the throne room of God Almighty when she was in the coma. And we don't make any wild claims or anything, but I know Jesus was ministering to her. And it's why she doesn't have any fear. She doesn't dwell on the past and she's not fearful of tomorrow. She just surrenders today to her Savior. And I wonder if, You and I would get a glimpse, and if we would be in the throne room of God Almighty, would we live our lives differently? If we really got a glimpse of God. I would like to invite you to turn to Isaiah 6 if you have your Bibles, and I want to take us to the throne room of God Almighty just for a brief instant. And I love this passage. It's one of my favorite now in the Old Testament. It's Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And I would encourage you to get a pen out or a pencil if you have one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying, and they were calling to one another, and they've been doing this for all of eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I asked Jen one day, I said, Jen, what do you think these seraphim are thinking And in her childlike faith, she said, Dad, I think they're thinking I'm going to shout louder than the other one today. Remember, they're shouting for all of eternity, holy, holy, holy. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah says, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. What is he saying here? Isaiah is saying, I'm a sinful man. I'm a scarred man. I'm a broken man. I'm a man who has made bad choices in my life. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And yet my eyes have seen the king the lord almighty then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth and said if you have a pen i'd encourage you to underline this in your bible see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. I love that. It's a picture of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary for you and for me. When he laid out his life for us and he was buried and he rose again, so our guilt can be taken away and our sin fully atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity right there. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I believe it's a question for each one of us in the room today. I believe God's still asking that question. Who will go to their neighbor who will go to their coworker and share the hope found in Jesus? And I said, here am I, send me. This is Isaiah. I believe if we were in the throne room of God Almighty, we would be just like Isaiah. We would say, God, use me. God, use me. The one thing my daughter reminds me of every day is that this is not our home. She says, Dad, we're just passing through. When I'm in heaven one day, 10,000 years down the road, I'm going to say, what brain injury? What cancer? Let me ask you the question. Are you willing to say, Lord, use me? We were only here a brief time. We're gone. Who can you impact? There are people all around you, like that cab driver who says, how long were you going to wait to tell me about God? What if we all said, God, use me for your glory? God, take my story and use it for your glory. Jen and I do the shopping in our house, the grocery shopping. It takes us about two and a half to three hours to get through the grocery store. I'm telling you, Jen's praying over people in the bread aisle. (laughs) No, 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 no. People run up to her. They don't want to run away from her because they think, oh, she's not going to remember my name. They're not worried about that. They're like, Jen, will you pray for me? Will you pray for my wayward son or daughter? Jen, I just got this bad report from the doctor. Will you pray for me? There's one gentleman at this Walmart that was watching Jen for a while. And one day she went up to him and she said, Sir, I'm Jen. I have a brain injury. Do you know Jesus? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I kid you not, he looked right at my daughter and he said, Jen, I know where I'm going. I'm going to hell. I've done too many bad things in my life but you keep coming back in here because I love to see your smiling face. A week later, Jen took her Miracle for Jen book to that Walmart and found him and handed it to him and said, Sir, will you read my story? He said, I'm not going to read it unless you sign it. So Jen signed it and wrote a couple of things in there. And he reached out and he pulled her close and kissed her on the cheek and said, Jen, I promise to read your story. It gets me every time when I share that because he doesn't have to die and go to hell. Just like this passage says, our guilt is taken away. Our sin is fully atoned for if we just accept it. The free gift, the free gift of salvation. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and you close your eyes. There may be one person in here who doesn't know Jesus. We always give an opportunity for you to accept him. It's not about fancy words. It's just from your heart to God's heart. Today, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do you know that He paid the price for our sin? We are fully atoned for if we accept it. We don't have to live in depression. We don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to be discouraged. We can share the hope found in Jesus with the people we come in contact with, but we have to know Him first. He has to be our Savior. Maybe that's you this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer, and it's not, again, fancy words. It's simply from your heart to God's heart. In your own words. Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. We all are. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on Calvary for my sin. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you were buried and you rose again as Savior of the world and you are coming back. And I want you to invite, I want to invite you into my heart and life to be my Savior right now this morning. Lord, come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, give me the strength to follow you each and every day till you take me home to heaven. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I'm just going to give a moment, just between you and the Lord. Maybe you want to rededicate your life this morning if you are a Christian. Lord Jesus, I thank you for anyone who accepted you this morning. Scripture tells us that all of heaven is rejoicing over those who accept you as Savior. God, I pray for the others who maybe rededicated their life this morning as well. Lord Jesus, you are enough. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you've done for us. I'm going to ask that everyone would stand with their heads bowed and their eyes closed. No one looking around, please. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe God was speaking to your heart this morning. And I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to say, God, use me? God, use me to reach my neighbors. God, use me to reach my coworkers. If you're a student here today, God, help me to reach the kids in my class. God, use me. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, God, I want you to use me? There's many, many hands. If we're believers, why wouldn't we want God to use us? People are dying and going to hell. God, use me. Yes. I don't know how you do it here at Stones Crossing Church, but if you have your hand up, I just ask that you step out. I want Jen to pray over you. Just step out right now and come forward to the altar. God, use me. Don't be bashful. God, use me for your glory. God, I want you to use me. Maybe it's to reach your family. Maybe there's people in your family you've been praying for for years. God, use me. There's many, many people. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. For those of you who are up front, I want to be really candid and honest with you. I would have done anything to miss this drunk driver, to, I mean, to not have all the pain and all the suffering, but it was God's plan for our family. That's our story. I wouldn't choose it. Maybe you're going through something hard right now in your life. Maybe it's just sucking all the wind out of your lungs and your gut. Hold on to Jesus and his promises. Hold on to him. Jen, would you pray over everyone who's up front?
4: Yes. Almighty Father, we run to you this day. Yes. We want to rest in you in your goodness, grace, as well as mercy. Just take a deep breath. Show us how to let go, thinking you that you see us, that you see the details, <laughs> you see the hardship, the, what a, the mess, oh, everything that we are going through, and Father God, I just want to pray that you would raise us up today. Thank you, Lord, that we can face the future, because you are on our side, directing our footsteps. Preparing the way. (laughs) I love how you are our guide as well as good shepherd. So we rest in that hope this day. Even more than that, Lord, we just rest in the security of knowing that you aren't done. (laughs) You aren't near done. Using our stories. No one else has our story. I know it shouts to others that you are real. So, Lord, please send us out for a time such as this. Yes, to our families, to our co-workers, to the people that we are passing at the grocery store, (laughs) wherever it may be, Lord. Father God, I believe that that's where the revival is going to happen. And that's when it's going to start, is that when we get out of the boat and when we meet you on the water, (laughs) for nothing is too hard for you. Thank you for that promise. So we rest in that hope as well as security this day. And we raise our hands in expectancy and just shout, holy, holy, holy <laughs> are you, Lord God Almighty. Mm, Daddy, we crown you with praise. Thank you for being so good, so holy, and so true. To your name, Holy Father, amen. Amen. Amen.